Today, on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I'll be discussing the dark comedy, The Burbs. I'll discuss the plot, a little on the characters, and of course the score by Jerry Goldsmith. So I hope you enjoy this quirky comedy, and the fun starts now. I am Randy Andrews, and I am your host, and today I'll discuss The Burbs from 1989. This film starred Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Corey Feldman, and even Carrie Fisher, with some extra special guests to the movie. It's really a dark comedy, and this was before Tom Hanks really hit it big, <laughs> uh, pardon the pun, when he started doing some more dramatic roles. Here's the plot in case you're unfamiliar with it. Settling in for some time off in his suburban home, Ray Peterson's, which is Tom Hanks, vacation becomes a horror when the Klopex, a suspiciously odd family, move in down the block. Enlisting the aid of his paranoid buddy, Art, and his militiaman neighbor, Rumsfeld, Ray sends his son and wife away on a trip while he investigates the Klopex. When a neighbor disappears, Ray and his cohorts risk their lives to save their cul-de-sac from the clutches of evil. Sounds fun, right? It's a great quirky movie with some great twists and even a really cool dream sequence. The film was directed by Joe Dante, which of course did Gremlins, The Howling, and even inner space. It's a dark comedy at its best. Tom Hanks is still at the top of his game for comedy, and all his supporting cast are fantastic as fun, eccentric characters who love to spy on their neighbors. The film also shows how small cul-de-sac communities really are, and what fun they really can have. The Burbs, which was a Jerry Goldsmith production, if a f person were to rank the quality of director Joe Dante satirical comedy films uh, with a pair of Gremlins entries, it would likely make the top of the list. At the other end of the spectrum is The Burbs. It takes jabs at nearly every element of American suburbia, the film follows the at-home vacation of Tom Hanks' character and his reactions to the absurd neighborhood in which he lives, caricatures of the general types of people you find in real life. The personalities and dwellings of the neighbors in the burbs are themselves the punchline. There's all sorts of eccentricities that are on display, 
as are the battles between neighbors, real or imaginary. Dana Olson's screenplay is a puzzle that's not really meant to be understood or even solved. It relies on the viewer's ability to underanalyze the film in order to enjoy its pithy discourse. The mainstream writers recognized that composer Jerry Goldsmith's score was one of the bright spots for the picture. Goldsmith and Dante had already collaborated on five films, beginning with The Twilight Zone, the movie, movie, uh, The Gremlins, and then, well, their projects in between Gremlins and The Burbs had been more serious, action-oriented, the comedy fire had already been started. The Burbs kindled that fire into a roaring blaze, setting a standard so high that even Goldsmith would have a difficult time reprising it in his subsequent works for Dante, which included doing Gremlins 2 a few years later, and then even Looney Tunes back in action. The success of Goldsmith's score resides in the fact that the composer didn't even try to approach the project with a serious intent. The people on screen are all ridiculous stereotypes, so instead of attempting to straighten them out with, say, dramatic musical representations, Goldsmith went the opposite. He made it even more ridiculous. And every single moment in his score for the Burbs is like a satire, and it resorts to sensitivity during the scenes that actually deem it to have certain suspense. Now, it's important to mention that The Burbs was created at the very height of Goldsmith's experimentation with electronics and the sound effects in his music. While some fans of the composer might argue in favor of Gremlins 2, Goldsmith never achieved the same hopelessly optimistic wackiness of The Burbs, Burbs again. His choice to score each character on the street with not only a different theme, but an identity embodied with an entirely different genre altogether. It's key to the success of the Burbs. Apart from the film, the music is very badly schizophrenic. There's a basic requirement of the story, and even Goldsmith's usual sounds of the era, which constructs of thematic material that he would develop throughout the early 1990s, it's exaggerated with such things as parody. The theme for the neighborhood overall would be on paper appropriate for half a dozen light dramas that Goldsmith would later pen, but his ridiculous instrumentation with yipping dog sounds, overly enthusiastic performance of the ensemble, uh, he twists it into the realm of the bizarre. There's a seductive female voice and exotic jungle-like drums over pipe organ in A Nightmare on the, in the Burbs, and among other cues that are unlike anything the composer would ever write elsewhere. I'm going to play a clip from that. Thank you. 
wild viola work in that cue resembles Danny Elfman's more spirited ideas. There's a string motif in the previous cue, Neighborhood Watch, combined with a waltz-like rhythm that is interrupted on the beat by the squeaking of a baby toy. Maybe a pole duck or something. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's play that cue. The end title exhibits the various genres of their lovable themes in snapshot succession, leaving your head spinning in this fantasy world that Dante created with our own backyards. Now, I'm not going to play this cue yet. It's going to get played at the end of the episode. There's only one serious cue that exists in the film, and Goldsmith provides the storytelling cue with caring string and woodwind piece while a grisly ghost story is being told on screen. And it's a smartly counterintuitive move that serves to only increase the suspicions of the viewer. Let's play that cue.
most film music critics, while praising the Burbs is an above-average effort, have historically sold the score short. Perhaps this is because the work is too simply silly for its own good. Um, the Burbs represents the pinnacle of Goldsmith's comedy talents, and as such, it belongs in the top ten classics of the composer's lengthy career. If this score doesn't really bring a smirk to your face, then you should immediately seek either, well, happy pills or going to the funny farm. The joy that Goldsmith must have had in conjuring up this work is self-evident. And on the album, it's exactly the opposite of the intense labor that you would hear from something like Basic Instinct or Total Recall. It's only existed with the Verez Saraband's first club series. Then, later on, in 2007, there was a deluxe edition that was populated with short performances of the different ideas, such as longer cues like Devil Worship and The Wig. Let's play these two. Thank you. 
The sound quality on both the Limited Club as well as the Deluxe have a soundscape that's so carefully mixed that it gives some various elements within the sound effects and the orchestral ensemble bounce with skill between the left and right sides, which is great. The entire grouping of sound effects that opens the New Neighbors queue enters the scene in only the right channel and slowly progresses back to center as the strings build up to one of the expansive electric guitar, bass string, and pipe organ motifs. Let's play that cue.
Additionally, the Burbs is a friendly score of fans of bass, heavy orchestral music. And on either side, it sold the Verez albums. The cues are presented in film order, and the score therefore does switch genres and themes seemingly at will, which makes for a better chaotic score. Have you enjoyed the portions of the score I played? Um, this is some of the highlights from the film. And sadly, we've come down to another end of Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I'd like to thank Alexander Shebel for composing Soundtrack Alley's theme music. You can find his work at xanderscores.com. You can follow me through soundtrackalley.com. Email me with your thoughts on this format that I'm doing at soundtrackalley at gmail.com. Follow me through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Soundtrack Alley. Check out the podcast through Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, any other podcatcher that you might find that it's included as Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. So to close the show today, I'll play just one more bit of music for you. It's the ending credits. And I hope you've enjoyed the quirkiness of Jerry Goldsmith once again. And until next time, happy listening.
Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I hope you've enjoyed it, and if you're on iTunes, please rate and review the show. It really helps Soundtrack Alley Spotlight get noticed. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley. If you are an Apple podcast, please give the show a five-star rating. Check out the content over at SoundtrackAlley.com, as well as Cinematic Sound Radio, where most of my new material is posted. If you have a comment, question, or concern, please email me at SoundtrackAlley at gmail.com.